Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. Hey, bestie, it's Cammie Crawford. Relationships are hard and that's why I'm here. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in every Friday for new episodes. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. Hey, friend. I hope that you are in your body today, appreciating it for everything that it gives you. The fact that, you know, you only get one guys. We only get one body. So we might as well love on it and appreciate it for everything that it gets us through, everything that it does for us, and how it helps us function from day to day. Today's episode is all about body image, self-love, body positivity, postpartum bodies. Like We're going to talk about all of it today because I think it's super important. And I'm so excited to have Sarah Nicole Landry on today at the Bird's Papaya she is such a light. And honestly, if I could have just hit record and not spoke a word and just allowed her to preach to y'all, that's basically what this episode is. So just open your ears, open your heart, open your mind and, you know, just give yourself, give yourself a pat on the back for, for making it through what you've made it through in your life thus far. If anything, Sarah Nicole Landry is going to inject it into your soul by the end of this episode. So if you're not feeling it right now, you will soon. This is a feel-good episode, and I hope you leave feeling empowered and lovely and incredible because that's how you are. So anyways, let's get to it. Welcome back to Relationship. It is your host, Cammie Crawford, and today I am here with the Sarah Nicole Landry, the Bird's Papaya, host of the Papaya Podcast. I just want you to know that as soon as we posted that picture at that event the other night, I got so many DMs. No. Oh my God, yes. They were like, Cammie and Sarah, this is the duo we want to see. <laughs> yeah, people were very excited that we were together. I think I always just forget how small the world is yes. and how 
excited people get when it like merges in these little ways because we're like living in we're living in literal pockets for them but yes. like pockets of their heads too right and right I I get excited about it too whenever I see people podcasting together or like at it it's just so exciting yeah it makes it very exciting especially when I, you know obviously people plenty of people listen to your podcast you know a few people listen to mine thank you for, <laughs> thank you for listening. but like when you feel like you know someone because yeah. you hear their voice every single week yeah. and you follow them so you're invested in their life seeing people that you like following and that you like enjoy as people coming together feels like the avengers assembling it does feel like the that's exactly how mm-hmm. it yes no i 100% agree and i always feel apologetic that people have to i apologize Nick, my producer, all the time was like, sorry, I have to listen to my voice again. But even like my own Instagram stories, I'm one of those, like I overstory. I think mm -hmm. the last two years brought it out too much for me because I wasn't leaving my house. And I was like, this has to go somewhere. And so if it doesn't look like a trail of ants at the top of my stories, people are like, "You are you okay? Isn't that the craziest thing? But that's like... I have to listen to it on silent. I can't even listen to my own voice. I can't listen to my own podcast back. Like what? I'm really bizarre with that. But I love, I love podcasts. I love when worlds merge together. I love that it's brought so many people having like these intersections of conversation. It's just the best. Yeah. It just like warms my little soul. And it's so easy. Like, I don't know, were, were you podcasting before you started yeah. the Fire Podcast? And I was like very adamant that it would only ever be in person because there's something so magical about like sitting like eye to eye. Yeah. Like, I haven't done this in so long. Yeah. But like actually having these like moments with people. I think in our world, we're so, I don't do my makeup without picking up my phone three times. Oh, there's yeah. something Same. so immersive about recording a podcast and you escape from the world mm-hmm. for like just half an hour, an hour, however long it takes. But the same with listening to it. Because whenever I'm listening to podcasts, I'm usually driving. And so yeah. it's this very immersive experience and it's non-reactive. It's one mm. of the only spaces that everyone's listening and then there's people talking. And so even if you're not actively in- agreeing with somebody or you're not like, you don't maybe align or you're like, I have no idea what they're talking about. I've never experienced that before. Yeah. You sit and listen until it's over. And that part's really, unless I guess you've changed the channel. Right. (laughs) Essentially, like it it does create this like bubble environment where you get to know people in a really intimate level. It's almost like leaving voicemails. You know how like, how terrifying that used to be? And you're like, you you could listen back. Leave a message after the beep. Beep. And you're like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And you would go and review it again and again. (laughs) You'd be like, "Did did I come off okay? Did this sound okay? It, it is kind of like that with podcasting. It's so vulnerable mm-hmm. because you're not like on Instagram, you get to like delete something if you don't like it. You get to review and like edit things out. And yeah. Podcasts are just such a special space. I love it. I've Me been too. loving it. I'm trying to figure out though where you find the time because in addition to you being a podcast host, mm. you're an author, mm-hmm. you're a content creator, mm-hmm. and you're a mom of four. Yeah. When you say it like that, it sounds yeah. like a lot. It is. And I always <laughs> feel like I'm not doing enough. Isn't that funny? What's your sign? Capricorn. That's why. Oh, see, I always feel like I identify with a Sagittarius, but I'm a Capricorn. How do you identify? I don't know. There is whenever like, you know, those memes come up and they're like sad and and I was like, I'm not a cap. I'm not like a type A personality. Uh I don't. I'm very like fly by the seat of my pants. I never plan a podcast. I never plan an Instagram post. I, I never plan almost anything. Like that's why I think my content has just become so day to day journalistic mm-hmm. to my life. But yeah, it, it is a lot. There's always something going on. But I always feel like I'm chasing like as if I'm still always climbing. I don't know that Mm. I'll ever feel like I've reached anything or that I've ever done enough. It's 
probably problematic, but it probably <laughs> also drives me into the career I have today. Yeah. Who knows, yeah. right? But I feel the same way because, you know, when you meet people and they're like, oh my God, like you're doing everything I would love to do. Like yes. you've, you've made it. Like I've heard that a lot recently from people. They're like, girl, you've made it. You've, you've done it. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> like I've done a lot. And I'm grateful and I'm excited and I'm happy, mm-hmm. but I still have personal goals that I want to reach. And like yeah. where you are could be somebody's own personal goal, but yeah. I have other goals that I want to reach and I haven't gotten there yet. So yeah. I'll let you know when I made it. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, there's the, there's the flip side of it too. It's like your personal goals. There's like that, you know, like the little yodel guy on prices, right? And you mm-hmm. see him like going up and he, he's going up. And I always, there's like a meme of like a yodel guy and he's like, here's the mountain he's climbing, but like, yeah. here's how big it is. And and I, I don't know why I make it the yodel guy in my head, but that's who he is. <laughs> Shout I'm, out to the yodel I'm the yodel guy. Like, I don't know. I don't know where it stops. Mm-hmm. And so I remember when I hit like a million followers on Instagram and it was like 12 years into my career. And so I went from being like this really small creator and like slowly chipping away at like making it something. And I hit a million and I just thought this is going to be the moment that everything is going to feel satisfactory. Mm-hmm. Like I've done it. I've made it. I've gotten there. I've done the work. This is like now where I get to just take the ride. Yeah. And it was maybe five minutes before somebody said, I wonder if you'll hit 2 million by the end of the year. And I was like, uh, it never gets better. Uh. And then I, and then I, I, I ended up talking to somebody who was a musical artist and they had had like number one hits. And I'm like, how long do you actually like you don't get to live on a number one hit forever. Mm-hmm. You get a number one hit and then it's immediately like, when's the next happening? Yeah. When's it next? There is never, it's never enough. So you kind of have to find what is your enough and like keep doing that. So I wouldn't, as much as there's like this part of me that is chasing a bit of a people pleaser mentality or like wanting to have the success. I also am like, I really have to be stable and good with like who I am and like what my life is. And the fact that I'm not this like polished creator, I'm always going to be a little bit gritty. I'm always going to have a little bit of imposter syndrome in everything I do. Mm. And like, that's going to like, I overthink everything to like the nth degree. Like it just, it is who I am. And I have to just kind of own that part of it and not ever feeling like, I know it's never going to feel like enough. So I have to find ways to be enough. Yeah. No, 1000%. That makes so much sense. And that's why it's so relatable for people who follow you because your content is amazing. You've been open about literally every single aspect of your life. I had I had shingles on my vagina and I shared a bit <laughs> openly on my Instagram. I don't know how to how I don't do you, know how to turn off wait, the tap. It was only on your vagina, the shingles? Yeah, I thought I maybe had like a dormant STI or something. Like I was I it was the worst timing of my life. I'll try and keep the story brief, but it is an epic one. You unlocked a new fear for me. Yeah. (laughs) So I went to, I went on a work trip and I came home and I started, I got really sick and I had all these like bizarre symptoms, like a fever, all of this stuff going on. And then I woke up with blisters all over (gasps) my lady bits. And so here I am, I'm in the bathroom. I've been in there for like 30 minutes at this point. I've taken a little compact mirror. Something's going on. I have a new husband. I'm very <gasps> newly remarried, very new. And we have both, this is both of our second marriage. And I have just come home from a work trip and I have blisters on me. And I now have to get out of this room and I have to go face my husband and somehow, even within the trust that we have in our relationship, convince him that I've not done something. Oh, you're better than me because I would have 1000% been like, you gave me something. What did you do? <laughs> 
I trust it's him not too me, much. It's you. I trust him too much. So I come out and I was like, something's going on. Like, I don't know what's going on. And in the time I was in the bathroom, I was like, can there be dormant like STIs? And it was like, yeah, they can live in your body for uh. a long time. So I come out and I was like, I think I have like a dormant something. I swear I didn't do anything. And he was like, it's fine. It's fine. He's like, let me look. And he's like, you just got to get to the doctor. We're going to figure it out. It's all going to be okay. Oh. And so I was like, so I get to the doctor and of course I'm explaining to her, okay, listen, I'm pretty sure I have a dormant STI. Please confirm this for me. Please yeah. Let me go home with the doctor's note. She's like, okay, let's just, let's, let me take a look. So like, okay. She like lifts up the thing. She's like, oh, you have shingles. And I got up on my elbows and I was like, on my vagina? Yeah. She goes, yeah, you're the second I've seen this month. And what? then I go, she goes, so that's good news, right? I'm like, yes, good news for that. Bad news that it's stressed. <laughs> stress. This is my second time with shingles. I had it when I was eight. It was stress-induced shingles and it attached to a single nerve system in your body. So it can go anywhere. It can go from like your face, your shoulder. To, I had it on my ribs when I was a kid. I just got, I just won the lottery and I got it on my vagina. And so what do you do when that's happening in your life? I now have active shingles on my vagina. I couldn't help but tell people I have shingles on my vagina. Yeah. So when we talk raw and real, like I can't help myself. Okay. This is not what this episode is about at all. But <laughs> this reminds me of the time when I got strep in my butthole. No. Yeah, they I talked do, about it. When you, when you give birth, they swab you for strep in your butthole. You can get strep for anyone listening because people are probably like, what yeah. the fuck? Shingles on my vagina and strep in my ass? Yeah. 1,000% can happen. Okay. I thought I was an outlier. I'm yeah. not. So basically, you can get strep in your throat, as we know. You can get it on your skin and you can get it in your butt. I had newly started dating someone. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, we're sexually active. Yeah. Not really anything in the butt, to my knowledge. (laughs) But lo and behold, I had this like insane pain where I like could not even produce poop. It was literally just like blood and pus. Sorry for anybody who's like, no, we need to know. Like we have to talk about these things because I had no idea. I thought that I was fucking dying. I was like, I have kidney failure, liver failure, dying 1000%. So we just like stopped having sex. And he was like, what is going on with you? Like what's happening? One second you're bouncing off the walls. And now like, I can't even like rub your back. I'm like, something's going on with my butt. And I don't know what it is. (laughs) Something's happening with my butt. I don't know what you did. Or if it was me or what happened. <laughs> Lo and behold, I go to the fucking doctor. I had to get a colonoscopy at like 24 years old. No. Horrible. Horrible experience. They make you drink this prep bullshit that's yeah, I've so never disgusting. Done one. It's the most disgusting. It was the most degrading experience this of my life. This is why I am so fascinated that people are like into colonics and they like love no. them. And I was like, we're opting to do this now? No. 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 Because also try, I had to send in a stool sample before my colonoscopy. Try sending in a stool sample when you are not producing stool. Oh, no. Horrible. Horrible. Come to find out it was all because I ate fucking street meat in New York City. Because I was feeling nostalgic. I was walking home one day (laughs) through Times Square and I was like, well, I want some chicken on a stick. So I got some and it gave me strep in my ass. You just won the lottery that day. See, shingles lottery. Shingles lottery. lottery. in the butthole. What? People walk away with information from this podcast that will equip them for the rest of their lives. Exactly. When they are in the bathroom locking themselves in and Googling, they're going to be like, no, what? No. Cammie and Sarah once told me you can get shingles in your vagina and strep in your butt. Yes. I honestly, the only thing that I could find when I was Googling was Gigi Gorgeous had posted about her hemorrhoids, which she called like her hemis. And I was like, Mm. okay, I guess hemis could be cute for me. Like maybe it's a hemi. I went to the doctor and she was like, it's not a hemi bitch (laughs) something else is going on and it was strep and that was that 
Well, I guess that's, this is what this podcast is about because it's about body image. And like, yeah. this is a part of it. This like, is a big part of it. The more that we just own the weird shit that happens with our bodies, yep. the better. Because then we can actually yeah. talk about it and not be like, everybody's so weird. We are so weird about so many things. And what's fascinating about it is the older we get, the weirder it gets. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be a reason that people in their 80s have the most liberated sex lives. Yeah. And I think it's because they're like, yeah, weird shit happens. And we're all going through it. And the less we try and hide and pretend that we're like these perfect entities that life doesn't make an impact or like scar itself on our skin or we don't have things like vaginal shingles and strep in our butt, mm-hmm. the better we're going to be. And that's like true intimacy. And that's where like good stuff happens. Yeah. I feel. No, I'm I sure totally my husband agree. would greatly disagree with this to some regard. <laughs> it's like, can we not, can talk we about not this have these conversations? No, we have to. Yeah, we have, have to. to. It's the only way. Yeah. Besties, it's party time. Okay. My 30th birthday is quickly approaching um, in October. Yes. But, you know, it's never too early to start the planning. Okay. And I want this to be fun and special and for everyone to be as excited as I am. And that's why I'm using Evite. Evite offers thousands of free invitation options, all fully customizable for all occasions. Birthdays, weddings, baby showers, whatever you're celebrating, virtually or in person. There are thousands of invitation template designs created by their community of professional artists to choose from, or you can upload your own unique design. Evite's design templates make it easy and fun and simple to create an invitation, so everything you're celebrating feels extra special. And to really step up your invites, you need to check out their premium invitations. It takes just a few minutes to create and send invitations to everyone on your guest list, Plus, RSVP tracking is included, and you can link an Amazon or Target gift registry to your invite for guests to use, too. If you're not planning an event or a party, but you have one to attend, Evite also offers amazingly designed greeting cards that you can send. I personally have used Evite before, you know, when planning baby showers and things for my friends, and it just makes it so simple and easy and convenient for everybody to find all the information that they need just right there, like at the tip of their fingers. You know, you don't have to worry about anything and you can track the RSVPs, which is so, so important. If you are a party planner, rising Virgo like myself or have any Virgo placements at all, you know, like it's all in the details. Evite is making my 30th birthday even more fun and exciting and extra special. They can do the same for all of your celebrations too. Head over to evite.com slash to choose from thousands of design options to create and send invitations for free. That's evite, E-V-I-T-E, dot com slash cami evite.com slash cami okay friend listen i know you're busy all right because so am i we are so busy from career to social life and health there's so many things to stay on top of but one thing that deserves to be a priority is your sexual and reproductive health and that's where simple health comes in simple health offers an easy solution to get your birth control prescribed online by real doctors delivered for free to your door in discreet packaging of course so you don't have to waste time with appointments and waiting in pharmacy lines they offer over a hundred different generic and name brand birth control options including the pill patch and the ring so that you can find the right birth control for you most are free with insurance but without insurance the prices are super affordable starting at seven dollars a month The process is done completely online, and they even have a patient care team that partners with you for truly personalized care. Delivery is always free, and they send automatic refills, so you have one less thing to worry about. Now, whether you're in a relationship or single like me, there are so many reasons that people take birth control, from preventing pregnancy to regulating your period and reducing acne. If you're already on birth control or looking to find the right kind for you, Simple Health empowers you with easy access. 
Right now, Simple Health is offering our listeners $15 off the consultation fee so you can try out their birth control delivery service for free. Go to simplehealth.com and use code CAMI to try it. Now, keep in mind, Bessies, this is not going to replace going to the doctor for regular checkups, but it is an easy and convenient way to be able to improve your reproductive health. And I'm all here for it. So make sure you go to simplehealth.com and use code CAMI to try it out. All right, y'all, let's get back to the podcast. I love how public you've been about just like even your body journey. Mm -hmm. And I think body positivity is a word or words that get thrown around a lot. Yeah. But I think we also don't acknowledge how toxic the body positivity movement can be for some people. For sure. And I just want for you to like share kind of what your journey was like with your body. I know you had your first baby at 21. Yeah. Which I mean now you're 37 you still look like you're 21 so i'm oh, just oh god bless you god bless <laughs> you for that i do try um what the tea is <laughs> yeah i mean i don't remember life without body image issues i just don't and i was i was always the bigger girl in class i remember being i remember like gym class in high school and you got like weighed in front of your friends like there was so much like traumatic shit that went down yeah. when we were kids like truly children. I have to remind myself, like my teenage self was a baby. Like I was still a child and these, I, like, I think everyone has that moment in their life where they were criticized for their body by somebody. And it becomes like this core memory that changes mm-hmm. who you are. I remember the exact outfit I was wearing when somebody criticized what I looked like coming home from a vacation. And they said, I must've eaten too much. Cause, and I remember that I was wearing like velvet purple corduroy pants and a, a daisy shirt and jelly sandals. Like These become like these mini traumas in our mind and we start building upon them. But we build upon them in a way that's like constantly escaping. We're we're seeking safety, right? We're seeking. It's not just about like finding worth in this world. And like it's it's wanting to be safe as well because we see how the world treats fat people. We see the how how awful it is for them. And I ended up, you know, I got married at a very young age. I got married at 19. I was pregnant at 20, had my first at 21, got pregnant at 22, birth at 23, pregnant at 24. My third, my son came when I was 25. So I was finding a lot of identity in a pregnant body was the first time I ever felt safe and welcomed in society. If I'm going to be honest, it was the first time I felt this permission slip. You could eat what you wanted. People were constantly complimenting me on my glow, how I looked. I was the chubby girl growing up. I didn't get these kind of compliments. I got the, you have a really pretty face my whole life. Like that was, Mm. that was what I had. Right. So I had these three kids and I was like doing the social media thing, like really gritty. I was just like blogging from my home and I was well over 200 pounds and we moved home to my hometown. And I remember just feeling so terrified to run into people from high school. Cause I was like, I'm three times postpartum and I'm so excited about these kids, but I'm not pregnant anymore. I've now lost this like societal acceptance to like eat whatever I want, be cute and all mm. this stuff. And I, we didn't have very much money. So I moved home and, and through a series of events, one of them being that somebody posted a picture of me on Facebook that really upset me because I thought I looked really big in it. I decided to do what so many people do when they don't have access to like proper information or they're just truly trying to find love for themselves. And I went on my quote unquote health journey, which was downloading an app that told me to eat what a toddler should eat in a day Mm. and working out every day that became two times a day that became three times a day. If I had too big a meal, it became very obsessive, but it 
put me back into the pocket of being celebrated by people again. Everyone was excited for me. I got to walk out of the door. People compliment me all the time. And I also got to shop in places that I never got to shop before. Mm. I went from being, you know, I, I saw somebody do this TikTok once and they said that you know that you a lot of people who lived in larger bodies when you were um, younger, you collected a lot of scarves. I'm trying to remember who was talking about this. I love giving credit where credit's due. But she talked about every shopping experience. The only thing she could buy that ever fit her body was a scarf. And so mm. she had this massive scarf collection. And that just unlocked like core memories for me, right? Yeah. This experience of always going to the mall with my friends, never have anything actually fitting me. And this is like, I live in Canada. So we didn't have Old Navy until I was like, 15 or 16. So I didn't even have jeans that fit my size. We used to have to drive to the States to get old Navy clothes because it was one of the only brands that were like relevant and cool at the time that would fit my body as a teenager. So you can imagine now I'm on like the social media game and people are noticing I've lost weight. I'm getting all this praise and attention. I'm living in my hometown again. Like things are feeling good. Like I felt really good and I started documenting it on social media. And I got like a major following. I ended up losing like, oh, I lost 100 pounds was like the benchmark thing. But like I got all this attention in the media. I ended up on like the cover of a magazine. That magazine, people didn't even realize it was the first time I ever came to LA. Like it was such a big deal. Like I was whisked to LA. I got this like, I didn't eat for a week leading up to it. And then I show up on the set, like, please have nobody find me out. Essentially, I knew at this point I tipped over to the other side where it was this was not a health journey. This was a restricting of my body, which was also restricting my entire life. My entire intention of doing this was because I wanted to be more present in my kids' lives. I wanted to have this like societal acceptance that I craved so much. And ultimately I wanted safety. I wanted to experience the world that other people seemingly were experiencing. And you kind of get there and, you know, there's the part of me that was like, yes, it's amazing. And then there's the grief of, I've always fucking been here. Mm. Like everyone sees me now, but I've always been here. Yeah. Nothing about me except for my body has changed. And that was that was an ongoing like trauma. That was an ongoing sadness. And I think is something that to this day, I will never forget and has caused me to really focus on the bigger picture as well in terms of understanding marginalized bodies. Because mm. while I am not still you know, I'm not, not my 200 pounds. I'm not like at the size zero that I was. And I'm, and, you know, I've allowed my body to rest where it needs to rest. I, I can't forget that. I can't move forward from that. And, you know, the body positive movement was actually essentially an activist movement for fat black women yeah. to kind of liberate them. And it's been, it got co-opted in a lot of ways for certain things, but it got more and more thinner bodies and more and more white. So Mm -hmm. I really have to own the fact that like, while I have moved through some of this and I've become a face of a lot of different things in terms of like postpartum acceptance. And I mean, I, I went viral for my stretch marks. That was the big Mm -hmm. thing. And there's like these pockets of it, but I also have to say like the activism part aside, positivity around my body was probably, it just felt like another thing I was going to fail at. It Mm. didn't feel like I was ever going to get there. I was chasing it by being thin. I just wanted to be thin, to be happy in my body. I'll be completely honest at my thinnest was the hardest time to leave the house. Wow. I I was more anxious about my body. I didn't want to go. The whole point of this was to live my life more and to like be more accepted. And I got obsessed because I was so scared to leave the house. I was so scared that who I looked like online wasn't enough for who I was in real life. 
I was face tuning to make myself smaller all the time. And I look back on those photos and I'm like, oh, that's so scary that I really didn't feel like enough at Mm. that size. And you start to understand how disordered our minds can be because of, you know, what diet culture has created for us, what being a woman has been like. And and I, I try and remind myself all the time, like, and especially women who are struggling, like, it's okay that you are struggling with fat phobic thoughts. It's okay that you're struggling with you know, wanting to lose weight and not trying to rectify why we want that. Yeah. It's not our fault. We've been so conditioned and so saturated with this idealistic person. And we're just slowly chipping away at that now. It's only been like four years of mainstream conversations and like through a lot of like really powerful women doing major, major movements of work yeah. to get us to understand that like we were never designed to be, look the same. Yeah. We we're not meant to all eat the same, look the same, be the same body. Like that it's so impossible. So the more that we kind of chip away at that and have these bigger conversations, the more, it, I guess for me, my hope being the more we get to show up and live our own individual lives. Right. Without having like these pockets of acceptance where it's like only if you're thin, only if you're pregnant, only if you're serving the world in this way. It's no, you get to ebb and flow. You get to do it. You can wear the bikini. You can wear a one piece. You can wear a full muumu to the beach. Did you show up? Did you get to live your life? Did you get to have intimacy with your partner because you wanted to and because your body is worthy of that pleasure? Like we, we kind of are, we over convince ourselves that we're not worthy of any of that. So I guess within all of it, to kind of wrap it up, I've really just aligned myself of being incredibly neutral about my body, but also celebrating it and mm-hmm. just like allowing myself to live life. Yeah. Because it's an active unlearning that we have to do. Like it I remember is. post-pandemic when things opened up for the first time, I ran into this woman and she had the most fabulous outfit on. I had to come over and compliment her. I was like, oh, oh my yeah. God, you look incredible. Like I haven't seen people in months. And mm. like this outfit is just giving me life. I was like, oh my God, I love it so much. And she was like, uh, thank you. She was like, you know, I just feel really like big. Like all I wear are sweatpants now. Like I just yeah. feel really like, and she was just like complaining about her body. And my first instinct was to be like, oh no, like, no, you don't. And then for the rest of the day, all I thought about was the fact that I said, oh no, instead of you look amazing. Yeah. Why are we, why do we in our minds immediately go when someone says like, oh, I, I, I look fat or I look big or that whatever. It's negative. That it's negative. Mm. You know, and that was me checking myself like, you know what? I wish I would have done that differently. I'm Mm -hmm. sure that maybe in the moment, that's what she wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. But in the bigger scope of things, how can we reframe our own mind frames and how we respond to things like that? Yeah. So that we can actually step forward in a different direction. Well, we will we view fatness as a a lack of safety Mm -hmm. and a lack of acceptance. If you go on an airplane or a any type of transportation, Mm -hmm. it's so much of the world, even as much as uh, the uh, chair that you'd sit at at a table. I one time on Instagram, I was talking about, you know, trying to choose different chairs from my dining room table. And one person wrote and she goes, as a fat person, I would highly encourage you to have something without arms because that Mm. is often a very stressful moment for us because we know we can't fit into that chair. And I was so grateful for like, you, you have to know these things. We have to create better understanding for each other. And we have to remove this idea, but also acknowledge how society is and how it is shaped. The fact that airplanes do have a seat, a certain size and that, Mm -hmm. you know, going through the world in a different type of body or marginalized body is an entirely different experience while also identifying that, like we do equate 
being larger as being less safe or Mm -hmm. being less accepted. And the more that we create more safety and create more acceptance for those in all bodies, the more that we actually free ourselves as well. We free ourselves from like that fear of being ousted by society. But I think that the pandemic was the first time a lot of people came into like their first, you know, postpartum pushes you through like a massive body change. Mm -hmm. But people coped with the pandemic in so many different ways. And it was the first time that a lot of people had to deal with change in their body that way and had to had to reemerge or or have their body so connected to their mental health Mm -hmm. that when it was struggling, their body looked different, their Mm -hmm. body reacted. And that became like a negative thing instead of like, wow, we are surviving. Your body is carrying you through this. How freaking incredible is that? Yes. And however that looks. I mean, for me, I started my fitness journey Mm. during the pandemic at some point. Yeah. Really just because I felt my knees were like, yeah, painful. Like everything yeah. with my knees. I couldn't even walk around because I felt like my knees were carrying all this weight. And I had a chiropractor who told me that I need to lose weight. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. And then <laughs> that's always their like, answer. Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I guess like that's probably a good idea. So yeah. I started my fitness journey. And yeah. it was the first time in my life where I actually fell in love with fitness, mm. where it was connected to my head, my yes. heart and my body all in one and not just my head being like, you have to go to the gym because you have to be you prepared to for be, this. And yeah. like, you have to, it wasn't like that. It was like, I want to just feel good today. Let me yeah. go like move my body around. We definitely have to separate so many parts, like facets of, you know, diet culture really co-opted mm. things like fitness and took it from us and wellness categories really co like came in and, and assaulted us. They, yeah. they became predatory. Fitness is for everybody. Fitness is a mental health journey. Fitness should be something you enjoy doing and moving. And it shouldn't be something that is because you feel you have to or because you feel like you need to create safety for your body. That should never be the reason. That's that's not fun. No, it should be for fun. And even though sweating, I hate sweating. So like I don't even fucking like working out. But I like how I feel afterwards. And yeah, that's the key. It's interesting though that now like I guess my body has changed. I haven't mm-hmm. really noticed because I've just been living my life living and I've life. still been eating what I like, but I've been actually pouring into my body more. Mm-hmm. And now when I post things, like for instance, I just shot Sports Illustrated, which was a big thing. Very, Whoa. very exciting. Yes. And of course I got a bunch of different comments that were like, oh, yeah. we're so excited for you. Da, da, da. And then there was this one comment from someone that was like, oh, so that's why you've been losing weight. And <sighs> it's like, why do we have it in our minds that we have to lose weight for certain things. Sports Illustrated never asked me to lose weight. No. I got the call for doing that shoot a month before I did that shoot. Yeah, you I started my fitness journey over a year before that. So. And we have to let people change in their size yeah. without it being a conversation. We're, the media is very big on like, let's make it headline news right. whenever somebody's body changes. Adele loses, Adele. you know, body transformation, looks incredible. But then she Rebel talks. Wilson. It's like, yeah. And then Why? Adele talks about it and she was like, yeah, I was going through a divorce and I was coping yeah. and I was going to the gym to yes. cope. I'm not here to be your poster child. Like yes. I can't be that for everybody. So we really do need to release people having to stay a certain way and start. I mean, I love, I do this reminder for myself all the time whenever I'm struggling in my own value system. But when you think about the people you love and why you love them, their body just doesn't land on the list. Mm. So when you love somebody, they're going to ebb and flow. Their body is going to look different throughout so many chapters of life. And we're going to look different throughout so many chapters. And that is on both ends of the spectrum, right? I think that's the one thing that people get like, oh, uh, you look like you lost weight, but I thought you were like, body confident or rather mm. like why did you lose weight it's like I don't know I don't even know I don't even I don't even step on a scale yeah so I don't I even don't, own one I yeah no I, I have one, one from my luggage but yeah. 
that you know, a good place for a yeah, scale. Yeah. But like <laughs> I don't. good reason. It's just one of those things where I'm like, it's so funny that we're still, even as you're exiting from trying to find that value, people will still value you yeah. positive or negative for gaining or losing on in either way. Yeah. People will really try and mirror their own experiences in and it, it's just one of those things that you, that's where you have to really start getting very big on validating yourself and mm-hmm. like really knowing your own truth with stuff and owning that. Yeah. Because it can be so toxic. Like so I, toxic. I honestly, I'm sure you can agree, like having supporters that ride for you mm. as hard as they do, good or bad. Like someone had, you know, tried to give me what they found to be a compliment, yes. which was like, oh my God, you lost so much weight. You look so skinny. You look amazing. Yeah. And one of my other supporters came in and was like, you do know that it's okay for you to compliment her without commenting on her body. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> right. Whoa. But as women, we recycle the patriarchy. Yeah. Like we can complain about the patriarchy all we want. We can complain about society and diet culture. We have to stop recycling it to each other. We have to stop putting it on each other and and stop using that as like a, a way to compliment somebody. As soon yeah. as you have a baby, people love to use this line. You know you look like shit. Like not that mm. you look like shit. You actually are like a beautiful specimen of human. But you also probably smell like piss and puke. And you <laughs> might actually have face. that on you. And people are like, oh, you look so amazing for just having a baby. No, you just look amazing. Stop yeah. having it for just anything yeah. or for having kids. Or you look so amazing for being in a bathing suit. Like, Or you're so brave for being in a bathing suit. Just stop. It's like, the bravery for me. <laughs> It's like, oh my but God, But for other you're people, so it is bravery. Right. Like, it's so wild that that would be a courageous act. But I also understand that for some people, being in a bikini is like almost defiance mm-hmm. to society mm-hmm. if you don't look one way. Yeah. Whenever I'm really struggling and I'm like, am I allowed to wear this? I just pretend in my head that I'm like, a white man with abs. And I'm like, yeah, I would wear that. I would yeah. take this selfie. Hell I would yeah. I would do it shirtless and yes. I would have my pants undone. Yes. And I would fucking rock this and I would post mm-hmm. it immediately without giving a shit. Absolutely. So you, I kind of have to channel that person sometimes, right? You have to remember who we are in this world. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so true. Oh my God. I feel like I could literally talk to you about this forever. But I also have, you know, listeners who I'm so uh, excited have questions. So excited. <laughs> You guys, something about it getting a little bit warm out has me wanting to shop until I drop and buy all the new things so that I can celebrate the spring. Whether you're looking to add something new to your closet, have spring events coming up, or just feeling blah about your current wardrobe, I've got your solution. Let me put you on to Newly, a monthly clothing rental subscription. With Newly, you have your choice of any six styles that you want to rent each month. You choose whatever you want for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. And you'll have access to thousands of styles from over 300 brands. Everything from party dresses to premium denim and one-of-a-kind vintage pieces. Newly stocked styles in a range of sizes from petite to plus sizes up to 5X, plus maternity. They carry labels like For Love of Lemons, Love Shack Fancy, Lisa Says Ga, Free People, Anthropology, and more. Plus, they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning with Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to have to worry about. The option to buy whatever you love at a discount, sometimes even 75% off. And when it comes to your spring wardrobe, Newly has everything that you need to bring your closet up to speed for the new season. Rent that floral sweater you've been dying to try, but would live on the hanger for half of the year if you bought it. Stock up on new spring dresses for every event, weddings, bridal showers, graduations, etc. without breaking the bank. Try all of the new spring trends without feeling that fast fashion ick. Newly has your spring wardrobe on lock. And it's fun. Newly is designed to give you everything you need to get inspired, to get creative and explore your style, check out new trends, silhouettes, and sizes without any commitments. 
Free your closet of that only wore them once impulse purchase and buyer's remorse by renting instead. Plus, it's sustainable. Newly lets you love fashion in a way that's kinder to the planet. Orders are shipped in recycled, recyclable, and reusable totes with no plastic packaging. And not to mention, wearing and re-wearing clothing as much as possible is one of the most sustainable choices that you can make, and that's Newly's specialty. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off of your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code CAMI20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code CAMI20 and sign up to get $20 off of your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code CAMI20. Newly subscription clothal rental. Change your clothes. You guys know how much I love, love, love therapy. I've been in therapy for about a year and a half, and I talk about it almost every single week on the podcast. Shout out to Kelly. Therapy has changed my life. And honestly, for the better, I feel just like I have a different outlook and a new perspective on things that I never had before. And there's just something about the feeling of pouring back into yourself you know, for me, it's every single week that just, it, it does it for me every single time. And it's such a great feeling. And that's why I'm so excited that we now have our sponsors at BetterHelp to be able to help you find the right therapist for you. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not a self-help thing. It's professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment, and it's so convenient. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, and they're so committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Plus, it's available for clients worldwide, so all of our besties international, you can use BetterHelp.com to be able to help you find your best counseling match. You'll find licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. And anything you share is confidential. Besties, I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Cami. So this one we actually got a lot for. A lot of people wrote in because a lot of people are struggling, which we all know. We all are. And by the way, like even if you're listening to this, it is a conscious effort to be confident with yourself. Like, oh, yeah. This is I'm not, struggling. Everyone is yeah. struggling. Nobody just wakes up and is like, oh. No. Perfect. Every single fucking day. Feels great. Yeah. No. That's not a thing. No. Stop chasing that. No, it's not even fucking realistic. So like, let's just throw that out immediately. Okay, here we go. The first one. All right. This person wants to talk about postpartum body image. Mm. They said, it's something I struggle with every day. I had four kids in six years. My youngest is five months old. After four C-sections, improper postpartum recovery support, extra fluid during pregnancy that caused me to have a large stomach. I now have a body I don't recognize and a stomach that I don't know what to do with. It affects so many aspects of my everyday lifestyle and what type of person I want to be. I'm willing to open up and share my story. I don't hear much about postpartum women discussing apron belly publicly Mm -hmm. and some of the body issues I have. I could only get information from on small mommy type forms online. So any advice is needed and probably way better than my OB who told me the only way to fix my stomach and insecurities is through surgery. 
I have an apron belly, so this is like What a is big, an apron belly? It's when it actually, again, the patriarchy always wants us in a fucking apron, but it's when it, you're, right. when your belly, C-section moms especially know this because the way that when it cuts and it, you're sewn back together, it causes like a fold. It causes it to actually hang over so there can be like a flap. Oh. Mine is like a half an apron. So the one side has the flap, but the other side is a little bit smoother, but it's, it's an overhang of belly, right? Some people call it a fupa. It's not actually a fupa. It's just an overhang of belly. It is like you've stretched out the balloon and now it's retracted and it hangs a little differently. Mm. It's incredibly normal, but it's not very much seen. And it's not often like a big conversation within postpartum. We have to also remember a lot of our reflections of postpartum are these like nine months in, nine months out mm. photos. Nothing wrong with that. We should always be celebrating women in their bodies and no matter what that looks like. But we're so many people, myself included, we're kind of hiding. Like you, if you're not, if you're proud of your postpartum body because it looks like it did before, mm-hmm. that's one thing you're allowed to, you're allowed to have that moment. But there's not a lot of people proud of their postpartum body that doesn't look like it did before. Right. So it puts you into a bit of an identity crisis. And and that was something I really had to own. And the fact that we're not taught to grieve properly. We're taught to just move forward. But the move forward is all about bouncing back. It's all about going back mm-hmm. to who you were instead of understanding that who you were is actually gone in many ways. Yeah. And has turned into somebody new. And there's this, this process. So you can't be like just just go and love your body. Look at your body did. You had four beautiful children and this is how your body looks to show for it. Sure, that might help bandage the solution, but mm. at, like at the same time, it's okay that you need to f- actively and emotionally grieve that the person you knew yourself to be and became familiar with in the mirror isn't there anymore. Yeah. Grieving is just a processing tool. That's all it is. And I, I was, you know, very active in the um, body acceptance and body confidence. And I had my fourth baby in the middle of a pandemic where I was pelvic rested. So I was not allowed to exercise. It was 11 years after my last baby. So my skin is a little bit different. It caused this overhang and it was very, very difficult in a way that I wasn't ready for, but it put me back into the arena of understanding how difficult it is to be a postpartum woman in this world. Mm. And how do we build the tools to move forward? And there's a lot of uh, also, first of all, body autonomy, number one, get a tummy tuck if that's what you want to do. I knew myself. I've gone down this path before where fixing the problem was fixing my body. So I know for myself that having a tummy tuck because I don't, I don't get rashing. I don't get that kind of discomfort. So it's not a necessity for me. It would be a cosmetic thing. And I have every right to choose that, but I'm not going to, because I, I feel like it's trying to fix the problem by fixing my body. So Mm. I have taken the path of, all right, you know what? Loving my body doesn't have to be a feeling. It doesn't have to be looking in the mirror and being like, yep, we got it today. Like let's, we've got it going on. It can truly be love is an action. Anytime anybody's been in love, it's relationship. So, you know, there's shit in a relationship. I always say it's like socks on the floor, right? Like there's so much of love is not butterflies in the belly when you wake up in the morning. Mm. It comes and goes. Sometimes you have those moments, but most of the time it's through daily action. It's like figuring out how to take care of yourself emotionally, mentally, and physically through this and in honoring who you are now and grieving who you were before. I'm a year and two months postpartum from my fourth child, my first time with an apron belly. 
And I went from going out in the hallways to change because I was ashamed in front of my husband and ashamed, but also too tired to deal with it. Mm. Too tired to emotionally like have to figure out how to get through how uncomfortable I was to now I'm like, I I'm back to like, I don't give a shit. Like it's just a thing. It's a very normal thing. And I'm not my body. I'm so much more than that. But also I'm not going to shit on my body for a very efficient, amazing job that it's done for 37 years. Not because it carried these four children, but because it's carried me. Mm. And that has, it has never given up. It has been my partner through thick and thin, through so much trauma, through so much sadness and heartbreak. I'm just, I can't, I can't shit on it anymore. I did that for over 30 years. I'm done with that story. How can I love it today? And it's not going to be a feeling. It's going to be an action. So apron belly, first of all, you're not fucking alone. It's a very, very, very normal thing. I get so many messages about apron bellies all the time because it's just, it's just never, ever seen. And it's also very, very okay if you want to wear the highest waisted shit in the world because I love that too. If you have big boobs, you wear a bra. It's okay if you, if you wear something to feel supported in your body as well, right? Like accepting it doesn't mean you got to like rock it out all the time. Mm. It doesn't mean that like in the bedroom, you're immediately going to feel confident about it, but you still deserve everything that's good and intimate and beautiful in this world, even with a body that shows life it's lived and the life it's given. You just preached so fucking hard. I want to take all my clothes off and sprint around this office (laughs) butt naked. It's amazing how liberating, like I found through the process of sharing my body online, I'm like shaking whenever I do it. We're so ingrained to like, you have to look sexually acceptable to the world. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I am sexually acceptable. I am hot. I am the fucking shit. Like I've done so much and I'm going to show up like that. Confidence is so beautiful, but confidence is such a choice. Yes. The more I've shown up, like I love the quote, like once a secret is told, it loses its power. And I feel like a lot of us feel like our bodies are this big secret and we're Mm -hmm. walking around like, I don't, I need him to not know that I look like this. And I'm the only one, I'm the only one who feels this way when in reality, that's just not the case. And I say that all the time that confidence is an inside job because I spent so much of my life letting everybody dictate how I felt about myself, whether it was my hair, my body, my skin, whatever it could be. Yeah. And one day I just fucking decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore. Mm. And is it still an active thing? Like, do comments still get to me sometimes? Does it piss me the fuck off sometimes? Because I'm like, you don't even know the kind of work that I put in to get to where I'm at now for you to come in with your side shit that nobody asked for unsolicited. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's still annoying as hell. But at the same time, I know me. And I know that that is a vow that I made to myself at Mm. 13 years old, that that was what I was going to do. And I thank my 13 year old self and my 13 year old body for making that decision because she made the decision for the rest of the trajectory of my life and how I was going to go about how I felt about myself. But you still have those ebbs and flows. Like there's still times when, you know, a comment. So, so that's why you lost weight or, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, you, you got so skinny. You look so great. And it's like, Uh, just freaks me out. I don't like it. Like we don't have to comment about each other's bodies. We, we, we really, really don't. don't. We, we really, really don't. don't. I know. Cause there's we'll so learn much more. <laughs> there's so much more to talk about. I, I talk about way crazier shit and I do way wilder, annoying, ridiculous, fun, exciting things. than go to the gym. Do you know what, how much <laughs> women would do with their lives and in this world, if our bodies weren't our main focus on everything we're fucking doing, we probably would have like healed the world of like a yeah. million things. Yeah. 
we're so distracted. Yes. We've been made to feel like that's the focus of our life and it's just not. No. And it's it's almost been designed that way. Yeah. It's been designed to make us feel that way. We're designed to feel like, oh, am I am I aesthetically great enough to move through? Do you think that men wake up thinking that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. But then they also run the companies that make us think that we need to. They do struggle with body image. I will yeah. say there is still like a lot going on yeah, for them for sure. for sure. But not to the not to the same degree we do. Yeah. And not in the ways that it's intersected into everything we do, mm-hmm. into our jobs, into our lives, into our relationships. Right. Into like, yeah, everything. Because right. a guy is not going to miss out on a job because he's overweight. Exactly. Like that, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. They're not going to be like, he's got to be less smart. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not, it's not going to happen. Oh, Okay. I think I feel like we're running out of time, but I still want to do one more. You know, when you're eating French fries and there's like one French fry left and you're like, like a I crispy have to, one. but you're like, I have to eat it because I don't want it to be by itself. Oh, that's yeah. how I am with the DMs that we get. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to read all of them because if I leave one, oh, that's like one extra fry. Okay. How do you or can you fight the negative thought about your image around people that you believe look physically better than you? And how do you stop being jealous on the down low of how other moms who have babies and snap right back look? It's okay that you feel jealous. I think that I think we just need to like release ourselves from the shame that we potentially feel when we feel jealous over somebody else's body. Again, like this is a mass conditioning for us to feel that other people are more valuable than us for how they look. We also have to become witnesses to how much more value they are because Mm. they because of how they look. I will say for myself as somebody who got all of that praise and attention and got like the, you know, mom of three, like you're a mom of three, like look you up and down, all of that kind of attention. It doesn't do them any good either. Like you see them being praised and we're almost reminding that woman or that mother that she is good in this world and she's accepted because of how she looks. It, we're conditioning her as much as we're conditioning ourselves in reading those compliments and, and being jealous. Mm. But it's also not our fault because, again, this is a, a mass conditioning for us to make a woman's body the most important part of her, right? So I have experienced a lot of jealousy over that. I had my baby alongside a lot of – I was following so many women that was pregnant around the same time as me and had to watch them have a different postpartum experience than I did. I'm one of the rare lucky ones that when I breastfeed, I actually gain weight, and I was very ready for that. I knew that was going to happen, and I also had to watch everybody else, like, lose weight and go through an entirely different journey and and be praised for it openly. Like, you don't even look like you had a child. Like, yeah. wake the fuck up. It's okay that you look like you had a child. You did. Like, it's okay if you also look like you had a child and you didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there's so much of this this permission slip that we we witness happening. But I think that I think that what happens when you start to chip away at the why and you start to chip away at for somebody who was really complimented so much for how I looked and being a mother it did really set me up for like this, this need for being externally validated. I would almost compare it to like being high on a drug Mm. and you chase that high, you know, that you need it. Yeah. So you go after it over and over again. When I started to flip it into trying to figure out how to find more self-acceptance, which to be honest, felt like a fucking farce. It felt like an impossibility. Never. it, It honestly didn't feel real or even possible. It felt like taking a multivitamin. It was like you became, instead of chasing this high and this drug that kind of like surged you with acceptance and then bringing you back down Mm -hmm. to like earth, with a daily vitamin, it's like you don't get that high, but you get that daily intentional practice of self-validation and care. 
And that did more for me than, than the highs ever did. It didn't mean that there's no lows. It doesn't mean that there's no like some highs, but it essentially sets you on the track of like consistency Yeah. and consistency leads to less time in the mirror. Consistency leads to less moments of sitting on the floor of your closet and crying and wanting to burn it all to the ground. It just leads to more and more of how do I want to move through this world today? How do I want to show up and like, how do I remind myself that I'm just as worthy as this person that looks like this? Yeah. We have to remember that like we inherently are all born worthy. There is like there is societal rankings. We cannot deny it. But you are inherently just as worthy as anybody else for how their body looks and shows through this world. And sometimes you just got to get that fire in your belly a little bit. And yeah. I will say for me, it, as I won't say that I don't have bad days. Bad days exist. They happen. But what, what used to be like, almost like a three-day bender of a bad day, it's now like an hour. Mm. You get you get better. You learn what works for you. For me, it's very much um, wearing something that makes me not think about my body. Mm-hmm. So wearing something usually loose, very comfortable, something that's not distracting, and removing myself away from the mirror as quickly as possible. We, t- we teach our children to step away from a bully as quickly as possible. Like you don't engage with the bully. And yet we stand in the mirror and we berate ourselves mm. over and over and pick ourselves apart and why we're not good enough stepping away, wearing something that causes me to defocus on my body and move throughout my day. That's the best multivitamin I could give myself in a moment of struggle and, and just kind of figuring out what those tools are. I can't say what they're going to be for other people. Those are some things that work for me, but yeah, at the end of the day, I get it. We're going to be jealous of other people. And that's a, that's a very, it's a very normal, valid thing. And don't feel badly for it. Just recognize where it's coming from and like how to how to move past it and alchemize that into something better for yourself. Amen. That's I always look at it as like you only get one. Like this is your one body. You only one get one. Chance. We don't know what it's going to look like in the past life. You could be an ant. Like you could be a fucking twig. I think at this point I'm <laughs> I'm kind of like leading this life of the path of least regret. Mm-hmm. I mean, even we were at that event and we saw these people going up on the stage and like doing all these cool dance moves on like that spinny camera thing and mm-hmm. like this 360. And it was every part of me was like, I can't dance. I can't do these things. I can't do that. And then I just thought about it. I'm like, I will regret if I don't get in there. Yes. I will regret it. And I know that. So this might not be a comfortable experience. I felt like a little cheesy getting up there, but you have to lead the life of path, like the path of least regret, because when we're 80, we're not going to be talking about how good our bodies looked in our 20s yeah. and our 30s. We're going to be fucking talking about all the memories we made. So if we spend our lives hyper focusing on what our bodies look like and keeping ourselves home and keeping ourselves small, we don't get to live that life. We don't get to collect those memories. Yeah. And at some point it kind of hits you. And for me, it's so traumatizing to think about, because for me, I lost out on my children's childhood. Mm. not fully like I was there but I didn't do stuff with them because I didn't feel like I had I felt ashamed I didn't want them to be ashamed of what I look like I felt ashamed to be participating in things that I sidelined myself from something I never get to get back Mm. we never get these moments back and so with my baby this last year I mean I was at the biggest that I've been in the last like decade and here I was like I'm gonna go in the pool with her I have I have to take her to the beach I don't get a chance at this again So we have to kind of remember, like, what is that path of least regret? Because we really, truly only get this one shot. And so does that other woman, too. So let's support her and making sure that she feels valued 
more than how her body turned out, even when it snapped back to a full whatever. Yeah. And let's make sure that she knows how valued and beautiful she is, no matter what she looks like. And let's remember that for ourselves, too, because we just we just deserve to make really good memories. Yes. Oh, my God. You're so right. And in your next life, when you come back as like a pigeon, you will have regretted not having done that photo booth or have been in the pool and doing all the things that you could do. Like, fuck it. Fuck it. Who fucking cares? So true. Who cares? Like, just fucking live. Just live it. Where can everybody find you? Oh, that's a fun question. <laughs> um, you know what? You're going to find me the most, like I said, I'm a overstorier. So you're going to find me on Instagram the most at the birds papaya. I am in my stories all the time. And also you can listen to my podcast at the papaya podcast on your media as well. Yes. I'm also on TikTok. Not great at it, but friggin swinging. I think gonna you're doing try. great. You know what? Like, who cares? Who right? fucking cares? Spaghetti at the wall. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> I agree. Thank good you time. so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for listening. You can catch a new episode of Relationship every single Friday. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss any of the action. And I want to hear from you. So please, if you love the show, leave us a review. But by review, you know I only need five stars only. And let us know what you think. Make sure you follow us on socials at Relationship on Instagram and at Relationship Pod on Twitter. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye, bestie.